Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. How is it possible for one woman to be so talented and the talents are all for the good of other people. Well, that's about my guest today. Dr. Jeanette McMurtry has spanned the horizon, literally, as an American airline captain, pilot. She's also, listen to this, an ordained chaplain, a registered psychologist with two degrees, and was a deputy sheriff. I love that. A deputy sheriff in L.A., in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Whoa. All of this while raising two boys as a single mom. Boy and a girl. A boy and a girl. Yes. Okay, thanks for that. A boy and a girl. So, you know, <laughs> listen up, listeners, because you're bound to have some questions. And this is a live show, so start making your comments and asking your questions, and we'll field as many as we can. Who wouldn't have questions? I sure do. So let's listen to uh, our conversation with Jeanette today and add those comments. Let's get started. And I want to welcome you, Captain. Now, let's see. Captain Jeanette McMurtry. Is that the title I should use or any of the others? Well, the, the people that know me closely call me Captain Doctor or Dr. Captain. So <laughs> Captain that's, Doctor, that works. That's uh, Captain McMurtry, Jeanette, Doc. I answer to them all. Can I just say, Jeanette? Absolutely. <laughs> we had such an incredible meeting together, and here you are so spiffed up in your mm, uniform, and I'm, I'm reminded of every flight that I take on American Airlines. I don't always see the captain, but if I had seen the captain with that beautiful smile, I would always feel a sense of peace the minute I sat down. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I just would love for you to talk about um, the fact that in today's world, Jeanette, we statistically, I looked this up, the average person changes careers, you may know this, five to seven times in their life, in their working life. And because there's so many more opportunities today, which we're going to talk about, they may change their, their jobs, uh, at least 30% of people, every 12 months. So you have such a list of career paths. Would you just please start with the beginning of, here you were, a single mom, and how did you get your first job? Tell us about it. Well, I really grew up in my dad's furniture business, and so right from the get-go, I was really embodied in leadership of running a major furniture manufacturing company and through that um, I went into law enforcement right out of college and became a deputy sheriff. Why? <laughs> it, it was it was by fluke it was by accident I, I started working and I became a security guard and, and a couple of the deputies would come by and check on me and said hey why don't you become a deputy sheriff you're smart bright 
you're athletic not now but <laughs> then I was and so they encouraged me to to push that direction and I started taking classes in college about law enforcement and I actually put in an application uh, initially I was rejected and then I just sat there and, and said you know what I'm going to try this again and I just persevered and next thing you know I'm in the academy and graduating the academy and and how old I was 21, 21, and I was one of the first women out there in the sheriff's department that went into patrol, and I was uh, in the reserve department uh, as a deputy sheriff, and so when I actually finished training and went out to the station for patrol, the men were very unhappy with women in patrol. Were they? And uh, they would stick me in the back of a patrol car, and, uh, you know, that doors are locked, and you're behind a cage, and I said... No, no, this is not going to work for me. And so I had to fight the battles back then of, of getting myself established as an equal person out on the streets. And right, so right into the battle began. The battle began. The battle began. Uh, Jeanette, that reminds me a quick story. I had a little bit of a battle early on in broadcasting. I was told that a woman would never be on the street handling those gory stories exactly. because they would never be able to handle it. I'll never forget that as well. I, I was told that a lot, mm. you know, that you can't do this or you can't do that. And, and you know, you're right. The women's upper body strength is not the same as a man's usually. And I had to learn to do the job my way and that what works for me. And that's really important in today's society that women have to realize that they have to do it their way. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it doesn't make it right, wrong. It just makes it their way. And well, that's called authentic. Yes. Stay authentic. And, and that crossed over to when I decided to become an airline pilot also, you know, that I have to do it my way. I have to be authentic to myself. So obviously my next question is about that. Now at the same time, mm -hmm. you had these children. And how old were they? Um, my son was four years old and my daughter was six months old when I ended up divorcing my husband, my ah. ex-husband. And I had learned how to fly. My dad had airplanes for his business as tax write-offs. So oh. he had a whole fleet of airplanes uh, all the way from nothing to major twin aircraft to fly around the country for his businesses and he said why don't you go down and fly one and I said well not without a parachute well dad won he kidnapped me one afternoon and took me down and threw me in an airplane at sunset and I went up flying and I went oh I got to do this oh <laughs> how old were you then I was uh I was about 20 20 years old when he first did that to me mm -hmm. and so I was I was just married I got married very young and I started flying just for fun and, and working as a deputy sheriff and and I turned around and, and uh, when things went wrong in my marriage I went what am I going to do now am I going to go in the sheriff's department full-time or am I going to go to the airlines and I decided that I was going to push through to the airlines well I wasn't quite qualified and so I went down to the flight school where I'd learned to fly and I said hey I'm going to get my instrument and commercial rating and, and work towards the airlines. And the men there, the instructors went, women don't do this. Women don't uh, need instrument ratings and commercial ratings. And so, again, I don't take no for an answer very well. I went over to my dad and I said, let's buy a flight school. 
<laughs> Let's buy a flight and school. And so my dad bought the flight okay. school, and I hired a female chief pilot under the guidelines that if she'd help me, I'd help her. And uh, she would fly our, our corporate planes, and I would get my instrument commercial and ATP ratings. And so that's, that's how that was done, and uh, I said bye-bye to the boys as they moved on in their careers. So it was kind of it was kind of a fun little thing of how that started, and uh, I I built up my ratings and flew and ended up applying to the airlines because it was the better choice to raise two children sure. alone. Mm-hmm. And so and you've been flying how many years? I've been with American thirty two years, uh, coming up through the ranks of the regional American Eagle Airlines, which mm-hmm. is now Envoy Airlines. Okay. And so I, I'm what they call a flow through pilot. A flow through pilot. Yeah. All right. Do your time in the regionals and then you're eligible to go to American Airlines. All right. So now that's the sheriff. That's the airline. Mm -hmm. Where does the chaplain fit in and the psychology degrees? Well, I was chief pilot for uh, American Eagle Airlines, now Envoy, Mm -hmm. uh, for uh, almost 10 years out of Los Angeles. And when I was there, that's when 9-11 happened. And I had already been in chief pilot position for quite a while when that occurred, five years. And so I had turned around and on a daily basis, the pilots were coming in, I've got this problem or I've got that problem, you know, with my marriage or at home with a child or all these various problems. And I kept sitting down with them and saying, you know, how can I help you? You know, how can I help you do your job better? And, you know, as a leader, that's what you want to do. You want to inspire these men and women to do the best they can. Mm -hmm. And the only way I can do that is by turning around and saying, hey, what's stopping you from achieving your best and if they've got a problem at home let's solve it so when they'd come to me rather than sit there and say well fix it i'd sit there and say how can we help you solve it and i started using not only my sheriff's background but i used common sense Mm -hmm. and say okay let's solve the problem and by doing that i started to say am i doing the right thing Hmm. do i have the right knowledge yeah, I need some skills or should I here? go back to school and figure out exactly you know am I right sure and so I went back to school and I got my master's and doctorate in clinical psychology and then realized I was doing it right and I was offering them direction you know they, great. because the marriages in aviation fail drastically the, the what are the statistics Right now, I would say that the statistics have changed slightly, but back in the day, it was like one out of three marriages was going to dissolve in divorce. Really? And we found out that aviation marriages would fail even faster, and they kept repeating themselves. And so my dissertation was the effects aviation has on marriage for pilots. And so by writing that, I had to become an expert in marriage, expert in pilot personality, expert in all these different areas in order to write this dissertation. And I was able to sit down with pilots and say, hey, let's let's work on fixing marriages. Let's work on picking the right person. And that was the big key is a lot of pilots, because of their personality, want to be the rescuer or the dominant person in the marriage. And you can't do that you can't have somebody who's uh, 
needy. Be in control of the airplane, but not at home, maybe. Well, when you leave for four or five days a week and sometimes up to 10 days a week, you better have somebody at home that is independent, Mm -hmm. strong, can handle things. And yet when you're together, you have a much wiser, happier marriage. And so by educating the pilots that, hey, let's make a little bit wiser choice in our marriage selections, they have a higher success rate. And that was the whole premise behind my dissertation so two degrees though yes what's the other one well actually three three degrees I'm so sorry Jeanette I missed <laughs> that's all right one. that's all right um, I have a master's in counseling psychology and a master's in pastoral counseling and pastoral counseling is the theology of psychology all right, all right. now that se- is that separate from becoming the chaplain that was that led up to becoming the chaplain oh my goodness um, do you with cook that, too? I do. I do. <laughs> um, yeah. In fact, if you ask anybody at LAX, they all remember me for the Thanksgiving dinners that I used to throw for all the employees. So yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Well, so with all of this, Jeanette, you're, you, you've set it up to ask a perfect question about what does leadership mean to you? Leadership to me is is very important. It, it means inspiring you to do the very best that you can. There's authoritative leaders where, you know, it's my way or the highway, and we found that that model doesn't work. It hasn't worked for decades, That's although right. there's still a few out there. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's it's inspiring you. You know, what, what's not right in your life? What do I need to do to help you? I want you to be the very best person you can be. And if you want to step up to leadership, let me show you how. Okay. So developing other people. Yes. Part of it. Mm-hmm. Being inspirational yourself. Mm-hmm. And let's get to the values piece because you're a woman of great, deep values. You know, it's... How does that play in leadership? Integrity is is the only thing. You know, I spent 10 years in management and, you know, there was times when I was asked to do things that I really, really didn't want to do. And, you know, I had to make a choice. Is it something that I want to do or is it something that I need to do? Uh, When it becomes too disciplined, disciplining people and and um, sometimes removing them from the job mm-hmm. I those were things I had to do and I hated it you know anybody that's in management hates to bring somebody in and say today's your last day <laughs> you know? right. so those are things that I had to do as part of the job but if, if it was a matter of um, okay you got yourself in trouble and I'm, I'm here to either help you get out of trouble or, you know, show you the door. Which way would you like to go? And It's and a choice. It, it is a choice. And, and my, my hope was that they would choose that I could help them stay at the job. But I also had to realize that I couldn't sacrifice my own integrity, my own honesty, and my values of what I'm all about because when it comes down to it I'm just a pilot I'm going to go back and fly with everybody that I've ever managed and I don't want that person across from me to be resentful with me you know that I did something wrong with them I want them to to be okay that I I did the very best job I could you were fair I hope so mm-hmm. uh, and that that was something very important to me. Uh, that was a value I had with, as a deputy sheriff. I never did anything to anybody that I didn't feel was just or um, 
required. And so that's something that continued into the airlines with me. And it's, it's part of who I am. Well, again, that's, um, you can't ever go against your values. Right. Those are your operating principles. Right. When you go against your values, it's, it will not go well with you, that's for sure. No, I'd rather step down from the position than ever sacrifice that part of myself. And I wish that everybody felt that way. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's kind of sad that, that sometimes people seem to be put in positions where a little edginess comes in. But, um, but that's why this show is happening. And that's why it's so important to share with listeners, which I'll ask this question to, uh, especially women who are beginning their careers. And um, things are very different today. What's one piece of advice you would say to a young woman starting any kind of a career, just to be a strong leader from the very beginning? What's one thing that you would encourage them? What I do tell the young women today, because I, I run around doing conferences you speak a and lot. seminars, and I tell them, you will be told no. You absolutely will be told no. Ooh, get ready, huh? Absolutely. And yep. it's your job to sit there and decide whether or not you're going to accept that. If you have a dream or a desire, and it doesn't matter what it is, whether you want to be an airline pilot, a doctor, a, an astronaut, a lawyer, it doesn't matter what you want to be. Mm -hmm. When you're told no, you have a choice. Accept or fight. Hmm. And when you decide to fight, you've got to look inside yourself and say, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to change to make that person understand I am going to do this? Mm. And that's happened to me many, many times in my career. Has it? Yes. You've got to have the, so, uh, I so agree. I so agree. And I admire you for saying that to young women right at the beginning. In order to have that strength of I'm going to keep going, it has to be a deep belief and passion that you have. And then, oh boy, watch out, just like for well, you. Watch I, out, folks, I'm on my way. We were at uh, the Women in Aviation, Girls' Day in Aviation uh, seminar, or the conference that we held a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And the young girls, eight, five, and 10 years old, would come up and talk to us. And what, we, what I encourage them is to say, yes, I can. And so I would sit there and say, well, what happens when someone says, no, you can't do it? Mm -hmm. And they would all start chanting, yes, yes I, I can. can. Yes, and I so can. that's been the focus of my entire life is I tell my children, I tell everybody I, that I know, yes, I can. If you mm -hmm. really want to do it and you're willing to persevere and you say, yes, I can, you will achieve your goal. Because you're putting it in your mind. That's right. And the brain is a very powerful thing. And what you put in here is just like a computer. Absolutely. Right? And, and you will get rejected. You mm -hmm. will get rejected in many, many areas, many, many times throughout your life. And you just have to sit there and say, yes, I can. And if you do that, you'll get where you want to be. Eventually. Eventually. You never know how and when, but yeah. Yes. I agree with that totally. So, uh, you know, you work for an awfully large organization and a fine one, American Airlines, and it's growing and it's changing its culture in many ways. As a leader at American, as, as, the, as any organization grows and expands, it often happens that inspiration starts to go down. Things yes. are growing, 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 and people sometimes feel 
left out or I don't know what's going on. There's too much ambiguity and all of this. How do you, you personally, in the role that you have, how do you make sure that the values of the organization are being lived out, not on the wall, these are our corporate values, but really living them out, Jeanette? Well, I'm the first contact that the passengers have. The flight attendants and myself are the first contacts that passengers have when they board the aircraft. Mm -hmm. And so it's my job as the leader on the aircraft to sit there and set the tone with my flight crew, the flight attendants, and my first officer, and say, look, let's give the passengers what they need. Let's let them know that we're here to help them. If they've got a problem, let us know. We'll try and help them out. And by encouraging both my flight attendants and my first officer to reach out to the folks and let them know we're here to help, you know, Mm -hmm. yes, we're going to run into weather delays. Yes, we're going to misconnect. All these things are going to happen because this is part of the airline industry. But how can we help you? What, Mm -hmm. What is it that you need from us to make your day a little bit better. And and we do get those those passengers coming forward and say, Hey, I need a little help with this or I need a wheelchair or I need I need someone to help me you know, with this or you know, where's my next flight? Mm-hmm. Just simple little things that offer them a little more comfort, a little more security that mm-hmm. okay, we're we're gonna help you. It's so simple, isn't it? It is so simple. Just, just reach out and be polite, professional and help. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Uh, Is there a failure that you've had and will admit that turned out okay? No. (laughs) I've never (laughs) failed. Um, No, that's not true. There's been times where um, I've, I've, you know, as a deputy sheriff, I was turned down a few times. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just keep persevering at it and you know being in my dad's uh, business growing up in that business we we had to experience a lot of little failures and setbacks and you know my marriage was a failure and I had to sit there and say okay Mm. what part of it was my responsibility it's really easy to say it was all him but in reality nothing's all one way it's that you have to look at yourself and look inside yourself and say what is my ownership in it so every time Mm. I've failed Mm -hmm. I sit there and say okay what do I what do I need to learn from this not why but what do I need to learn from this and when I take a look at that whether I was in a management position or or just a mom position Mm -hmm. uh, because with children we know we fail with our children all the time oh never 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 but we want them to be successful so we turn around and, and I'd sit there and say what am I supposed to learn from this and when I ask that question and I start looking inside myself, I find a lot more insight, a lot more direction, and I feel a lot more secure in who I am. And that's very important to me, to understand who I am and where do I want to be. At your very core. Yes. What's the best advice you've had given to you? The best advice I've had given to me, never give up. <laughs> Churchill said that, didn't never he? Never give up, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, as part of the sheriff's department, you know, because there, there were situations that were very unsafe. Mm-hmm. And you can't give up in that situation. You have to just keep going. And keep so that, going. that was at a very young age of 21, mm. learning that if you want to survive, you never give up. Mm. That's great advice for all of us. With the, uh, with the new generation, I'll call it, the... Um, 
just say new generation of <laughs> leaders. Uh, what are some keys to developing these wonderful younger men and women who are just, I, I picture stallions at the gates getting ready to run a race and, and, and every time I'm around younger people who are emerging leaders, let's say, I, I just sense like they're just pawing, like just give me a chance, just give me a chance, yes. let me get out there. Yes. And so what do you think are some keys to developing these people? Well, I think we need to encourage them, but we also have to educate them that, look, part of being a leader is listening. Oh, that's a big one. That's a biggie. And not only listening, but really understanding what that person is saying to me and taking a look and see if we have to explore that more. Do you think young young emerging leaders listen as deeply as you're talking about and if not what are the keys here's why i'm asking listeners i do know that american airlines in uh, developing some new cultures and and focusing on many of the wonderful things that we all hope organizations would like collaboration and and teammanship and uh, developing others and so forth and i know for a fact that listening is the undergirding of everything that the CEO is doing. And, and when I heard that, I thought, well, of course I listen, but do we? No. So give us some, no, we, we what are really, we really don't. talking about? Uh, we're talking about, uh, you've all heard, you ask somebody, how are you doing? What's the answer they give you? Fine. And is that the truth? Probably not. Probably not. It's just habitual. So, so you realize, you already know that that's not true. What do you do about it? How do you get that person to open up to you? What's a better thing to say? What, what's right in your life today and what's not quite right? Where would you like to see things improve? That's with employees. Yes, with everybody. Even walking down the street, though, you're, you, you just hit on something I think is kind of fun to talk about, which is... Everyone says, hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Boom. And you realize their life is a mess. <laughs> right. And they really need support. And they need a hug. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's important to realize that don't ask a question that you know you're going to get a standard answer that really means absolutely nothing. Ask something that really means something that they have to take a moment to... to really respond tell to. Tell us, tell us, what can we ask? Well, one of the things, as Dr. Jeanette says, All is, right. you know, if you're going to talk to somebody, I use the set rule. I give a supportive statement. You know, hey, I really have missed you. I really care about you. Then empathy. I, I can't imagine what's going on in your life. But the truth is, I know something's not right. What is it? That's if someone is coming to yeah. you as a boss, let's yeah. say. Okay. So, so by turning around and, and giving them that supportive statement and giving them the, the fact that you're not walking in their shoes and asking them, be truthful with you, mm-hmm. uh, usually opens that door. That's so right. And, and waiting for them. Mm-hmm. Don't pressure them, but wait for them. Have an open door policy. I know right now that the the leaders at American Airlines that I report to have a very open door policy with me, and I really respect that. And you walk through that open I door. I do that <laughs> quite frequently, <laughs> um, but also 
the you know the American Airlines is doing a lot of things to change the leadership culture and we have leadership meetings for women to inspire the women and we bring in different leaders from all over different organizations and companies to to tell their stories and how they got to where they're at. And we also have professional women in, in aviation, which is part of our organization. So we encourage our women to step up to the leadership roles. Lots of opportunities, it sounds like. Yes. Uh, before we close, why don't you tell the listeners the opportunities that there might be, or at least where to go to find, find out what jobs might be available? Well, I, I think it's you have to look at who's around you and where you want to be not not today but maybe in five years and and how do I get there and take the steps it's it's a step it's a ladder you must climb it you can't jump to the top of the ladder oh darn you have to climb the ladder so Mm -hmm. you know be encouraged to take the job maybe you don't necessarily see yourself in for a long duration but it's it's going to be the next run on the ladder that will encourage you to achieve the goal you want down the road a stepping stone absolutely a stepping stone i think that's good advice yes because sometimes i'm finding that uh, people are expecting well but i want to be the ceo tomorrow (laughs) i don't know that i want to be the ceo tomorrow (laughs) in other words be patient and but do this absolutely if if i decided you know that i wanted to be the ceo i would take the steps and that means I need to really diversify myself in different departments different areas and by gaining this vast amount of knowledge then I put myself in a position to step up to that leadership role and not necessarily the one I thought initially but maybe something better and you never know something you never else know. could come up absolutely where can people uh, go online to see the opportunities at american airlines to at aa.com it, it, you, there's a link to careers and you can go on there and you can find yourself uh, all different entry level jobs mm-hmm. um, you know obviously with the airlines as a pilot you have to have certain skill levels but there are entry level jobs at any department in american airlines and uh, we have so many departments we're like a big city a big huge organization you really are and then you mentioned one other thing i want listeners to know is uh this organization that you're very involved in and i know you speak all over the country on all kinds of leadership topics jeanette in terms of the women who might consider being in some form of the industry what is yes. that organization called? Women in Aviation. Okay. And it is a national, international organization, uh, WAI.org. WAI.org. Okay, it's up on the screen. And I belong to the North Texas chapter, which is WAINTX.org. And we inspire young all the way from young girls all the way up to women in their careers. And we give out almost... $900,000 worth of scholarships last year. Really? For all different areas, whether you want to be in finance, flying, maintenance, dispatching, all these different careers in aviation. And we give out almost $900,000 in scholarships last year. That's, that's really, incredible. That's incredible, Jeanette. It's that's incredible. really good to know. I think what's so fascinating about the aviation industry, about the construction industry, there are so many now opportunities Absolutely. for women 
that women haven't thought about before. So that's correct. And you said it doesn't have to be a pilot. But no, well, we have air traffic controllers. We have people in real estate. We have mm -hmm. people in IT. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a huge IT department. We have we have a department that just monitors Facebook and Twitter all day long, and you can go on and you can have a direct contact with American Airlines through those those links. So many opportunities. I mean, it's incredible to see the diversity that, that That's we have. That's available to yes. us. Valerie, this has been a, yes. Before we close the show, there's one question, okay. one last question, um, and is regarding if you. Uh, it's obviously <laughs> regarding the uh, uh, things that you wish you had done before. So, um, looking back, Dr. Jeanette, what would you want? Considering what you've done in life and you've been doing a lot of different things, what did you wish you had done sooner? What do I wish I'd done sooner? Well, it wasn't getting married at 20. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Um, I don't know. You know, everything that I've done in life has been a learning experience. And it has made me who I am. And if I didn't do those things and those steps, I don't think I'd be the person I am today. Hmm. So I, I wouldn't change a thing. The, the hard lessons were hard lessons. The, the steps that I took were all very important. I, I think the only thing that I would improve on is that I would make sure that I had a solid understanding that yes, I can. And that's going to be a book, isn't it? I can it, just sense is. that. Is it? Yes. You're writing a book? I am. I am. Is that the title? It's, it's called Yes, I Can. Well, how about that? Um, it, it is my motto. Everybody that knows me knows it's Yes, I Can. Well, we're going to be watching for it. You just told the whole world you're writing a book, so now you have no options. <laughs> I have no options, okay. And I think that'll be a great book. And you have been an incredible guest. Jeanette, it's not often that you meet someone that has the breadth and the depth of you as a leader and you have helped and are helping so many people in all walks of life so thank you so much for all you do and for being on this show and i have no doubt but that the comments after the show are going to be boo, 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 and we'll get to as many as we can so well, thank you it, it was a pleasure it really was <laughs> i have learned so much i can't wait to read your book when is it going to be out oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes i can <laughs> within a year right uh, i hope so okay all right we'll hold you to it and for those of you listening, thank you so much for always subscribing and sharing and doing all the things that have helped this podcast be one of Apple's top 25. I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. And it's because of great guests like Dr. Jeanette. Um, so keep branding yourself authentically and you know you can order this book, Do It Right, from which the show is designed on Amazon.com. And until next time, stay authentic and we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.